All right, here we are, Hornet fans. It's another Hornet Legend series, um, and man, this is a good one. This this is a uh, from some of my best memories uh, uh, as a kid, uh, hanging out in the in the late '80s, watching watching uh, Hooks baseball. Mr. Shane Halter, how are you, sir? I'm doing great. Great, great to have you. A uh, class of '88, right? That's right. Man, I will never forget, even as a ten-year-old. I guess it would be in your junior year as a 10-year-old being in Austin uh, watching the state finals, which I'm always going to believe might be the best baseball team Hooks has ever had or ever will have. Even even if we end up winning state in the future, I still think that 87 team might be uh, maybe the best ever. So I'll tell you what, that group right there, whew, I'd put it up against pretty much anybody. I can't believe we didn't win state. We were up five runs in the game and ended up losing that game. And mm. I know it was hot. It was 114 on the turf, and we were burning hot. up. Man, it was fun. Turf was a new thing, I guess, for us as far as, you know, I don't – I don't. I, again, I was 10, but I, I don't remember that uh, that we played many games on turf, if any, before then. No, we didn't. It was kind of new. And to, just to get yeah. the opportunity to play in Austin at the University of Texas was great. But yes, uh, we we weren't we weren't built for turf uh, at that at that temperature for sure. I can tell you that. Yeah. Well, to, to tell you how crazy things are now, Hook's going to play every home game on turf, and that that's that. I never thought I would see that in my life. So well, the good thing about it is I'm going to get to see that because they got the alumni game going on February the fourth. Yes, so I might have to make an appearance at there and see. Well, I'm, I'm glad to hear that. I was wondering if you if you might be uh, be out for that. So, so, hey, we just want to take a few few minutes, uh, talk about, you know, some old times, talk about some things going on now, and and uh, just kind of, you know, see what's been going on. We we, we do this little podcast uh, for, we joke about, say, you know, for tens and tens of people here in Hooks. Um, but the more we do it, the more we find that there are there are people that really want to know what's been going on, uh, especially with you guys that, that were, were great here and went on and, and did great things. Um, so we just want to. Uh, just for, I guess I just, my first thing I think of is, is what were some of the, what were some of your best memories of, of maybe being here, growing up here, um, and, or, uh, you know, baseball as far, or, or football games. If there's anything that stand you know, stands out specifically you know, from your, from your memories of playing ball here. You know, I mean, I, I my, my biggest memories are just growing up in Beverly Heights right there, you know, behind yeah. you know, Jackson's grocery store, playing with Balden, Rocky's lot. And, you know, we had, you know, 15, 20, 25 guys that we one day would be with our BB guns and running down, building forts down in the trails. <laughs> and one day would be playing a wiffle ball game in Rocky's lot. And the next day it'd be a football game. And then there'd be a basketball game and at the Boston's house. And then the Coopers would go over the Cooper's house and we'd go over and, and, and chase each other and see who was the fastest. So, I mean, it's just right. kind of, it's just kind of a good group of people and wasn't hunts were on one side and, you know, you had Mike Smith, one of my good friends, Phil Thomas, and all those guys were baseball guys, so those guys hung out together. But the, the, what I loved about Hooks was it was just so close. Everybody knew each other, and you knew – you couldn't really get in trouble in Hooks because everybody knew what was going on. So you just had a good group of kids that were running around. And, you couldn't get away with too much before Mom and Dad found out. So. That's right. I mean, it was just almost impossible to do anything. And not that we were doing anything bad, but every now and then we might get a little mischievous. But, I mean, for the most part, I mean – I, I would like to go back to Hooks and, and live in Hooks because just to kind of the roots of where I've been and all that. And I'm I'm glad to see that they're doing so well. Uh, kind of kind of makes me proud. It is a, it is it's an exciting time right now. That uh, I mean, there's things happening that I really, you know, I mean, I, I've I've been here most of my life. Uh, ministry stuff's taken me away a few times, mm-hmm. but uh, 
I never thought I'd see some of the things that are happening and some of the excitement of, 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 you know, development maybe coming in as far as whether it's business or whether it's uh, you know, home, um, you know, just things like that. Kids wanting to come here. That, that, those are all exciting things uh, for, you know, for, for somebody who, you know, I guess us old guys that have been around a while. Well, I mean, um, you just got good leadership. I mean, you, you got did. good people that are in hooks. I mean, you got, you know, Bubba's done a great job as the AD over there. And I mean, you, you just, you know, you start bringing turf in, you start getting, yeah. you know, uh, uh, nicer homes and, and things like that. And then you start having those people that had, you know, their moms had kids and they growing up and they're coming back yeah. to hooks. And so you got this cycle, vicious cycle of all those people coming back. So, yeah, uh, you know, it, it's hard to mess up a town when you got good people and good leaders in it. I believe that. I believe that. You, uh, hey, you let me know, man. Today, you, you, you come back. We'll be there. We'll help unload stuff. If you ever, you just you let me know about that. So, uh, you, you graduated in, in '88. Um, so see, I, I have a thing that I always do with the, with these guys and, and and ladies that are the late '80s. So that means that you were in the very first class that just got stuck going to, to, to Six Flags or going somewhere for one day, right? Uh-huh. Yeah, that's right. So y'all didn't get to stay overnight, and there's a reason why. Well, Randall Baggett kind of messed that up, uh, you know, <laughs> making all that money out there, and, and now he's the one that screwed up our, our senior trip. Man, and, and the thing is, is I love Randall, but I just love to, I love to mess with him, too. You got to. You, got to. you have to. <laughs> he, he's a great guy, but I, I'll never forget. And even in 95, we – we went to Six Flags and it started running an hour and a half later, and we loaded up and came home. And I was like, <laughs> "Wasn't even worth, wasn't even worth the trip." Got home, and of course, I didn't have a cell phone, but I got home and, and called Danita and said, "I just want you to know, your stinking friend, I'm mad at him today." So, <laughs> uh, so uh, that's funny. Hey, hey, Shane, this is Chris. Um, so, you know, most most boys, young kids, they they dream of being a professional athlete or something, you know, some kind, whatever sport <laughs> mm-hmm. it is. So when did you realize that, that you might have that opportunity or did that or did it take the day of draft day for that to happen? Well, the, the, the thing about it is, like, I always knew that I wanted to be a major league baseball player, but I didn't know that I was ever going to be able to get there. You know, I was a small kid, wasn't very big at all. Um, I mean, 155 pounds soaking wet, you know, as a senior in high school. And, and I knew that I was good at baseball and I thought I had the opportunity to go play college baseball. But never in a million years that I think that I was going to have the opportunity to go play Major League Baseball. And uh, so for kids that are that are learning baseball or wanting to aspire to be a baseball player, I would say anything that you can dream of, you can make it happen. Because I was a prime example of that. Um, and I didn't realize that I was going to actually be a really good baseball player, get a chance to go play pro ball until I was at the University of Texas. Um, and I saw myself stack up against – at that time was the Southwest Conference players uh, in the Southwest Conference. So uh, I was probably, well, I'd say probably the middle of my junior year in college was the year that I finally realized, hey, man, you're going to get a shot, a shot of playing pro ball. That's, wow. that's good stuff. And and what's crazy is that that, that 87 team, you had Phil, and he he, he, pretended, he, he went got close. He got oh, close. Yeah. And then- yeah, he did. Yeah, I think got, he got a little bit of a. I think he got some opportunities in in pro ball, and uh, uh, and then he and then he didn't really. He just didn't really. I don't think he really liked it. I think he was mm-hmm. being away from home and, and things like that. I, I I hate to speak for him, but I think the conversation we had was just, man, it was just too hard being away and too much too much work to get there. I understand that. And and then you had Jamie a few years prior to that, right? Who, That's right. Who, yeah, who, Jamie who, was in '84. I think '84. Yeah, '84 with Jamie. 
and he went with San Francisco. And I think Jamie Cooper would have made it to the big leagues if he hadn't got sick. Hmm. He got uh, he got a broken jaw, and then I think he got some type of uh, uh, virus. I can't remember what it was, but anyway, uh, Jamie was the fastest guy in the San Francisco Giants organization, um, and he was playing center field and was probably as good as anybody they had. And I think he was on a fast track to get there. And if he got, he got sick, I think it was some t- something to do with his stomach. Um, but anyway, uh, uh, it, it, he lost a lot of weight and then ended up not making it. Jamie Cooper was a really, really, really good baseball yeah. player. Yeah, and that in that '87 team, you had all those other guys who were who were great baseball players. You know, obviously yeah. they didn't go pro, but man, that that team they, that there was some there's some legendary I think, I, I, baseball I think, players. I think Huey and Huey ended up going to Baylor. On that team, like Craig Hicks was on that team. Uh, there was there were some good players on that that team, but I mean, I I really think if we played that team against our '87 team, we might have smoked them. Uh, yeah, that's good stuff. So so you you had a like a, I think about a ten or twelve year career right in the MLB. You played mm-hmm. Yeah, I played se- I, I played I played seventeen total seasons of pro ball, and uh-huh. I had eight years in big leagues. Um, so is there is there one memory from is there one memory that stands out when you played in the majors? Uh, I mean, I, I can think of one that I would probably guess that you would you would say, right. but let's see what you say. Uh, I would say my first home run uh, for Randy Johnson, first pitch yeah. of a game in Seattle was one of them. That's that's and, a good one. And then the other one was probably the all nine positions in one game. Yeah, last, yeah that's the one I was guessing. Last game in two thousand and one. I mean. I remember a pinch hit grand slam um, in Anaheim walk off grand slam. Uh, man, there's so many. I just you just they just start running together, man. It's just it was a magnificent, magnificent opportunity for a kid from a small town like that to get an opportunity to go and do what I did. That man, you don't forget any of those memories. I mean, I can sit here and talk for hours upon hours about stories that just are just great just just the people you meet like i mean michael jordan i mean you're, you're yeah. talking about hanging with michael jordan and you're hanging with db sweeney and you're hanging with charles barkley and you're hanging with i mean you just you just kid rock i mean yeah. phil mickelson I mean, you just meet every person you possibly can because they want to come see you play and then you want to go watch them that's so it's cool. crazy that's cool stuff so so uh just off of that how hard was that at first because of just being a hooks kid, you know, and trying to play it cool, you know what I mean? And not, right. not, and not totally geeking out, you know, over, over those guys first, cause they're there to see you, like you said. That's right. Uh, you know, the thing about it is when you first started meeting people, you were kind of reserved and quiet and all that, but really, you know, like if I went to a concert and I was at a rascal flats concert or we're sitting on the bus of rascal flats, they're just like you. Yeah. You know, I mean, they're, we're having a conversation like me and you, and, yeah. and their their life's no different. It's just a different avenue, right? You right. just so, got to get over I, that initial I, awe. Huh? That's right. Like, I, I wanted to be Rascal Flats when I'm at the concert, and when they're at the baseball game, they want to be Shane Halter. Uh, so, yeah. that's, it's yeah. kind of the way it is, you know, and it, it's kind of cool that once you meet a bunch of them over and over and over again, and they realize you're just a regular dude that's yeah. not wanting anything from them, it, it really kind of becomes kind of cool because – they don't want the person that's kind of geeking out over them. They want the guy that's just kind of relaxed and cool. You just kind of realize people are people. That's right. That's yeah. right. And you treat, and you treat, you know, I've realized that, you know, wherever you go, I'm not treating Rascal Flats any different than I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to treat David Briggs. You know what I mean? It's not, it's just, it's not going to be. Right. They're the same people. You know what I mean? They're just, that's it's cool. a different title. You know what I mean? That is cool. 
So, so I know, I mean, we, we, like you said, man, when we would love to just talk about all the old stuff, cause that's, mm-hmm. I mean, those, those are some of my best times. And even as a little kid, mm-hmm. and I don't know if Frank, Frank may not think like this because, you know, I don't know, but I love, I had so much fun hanging out with my sister's friends. I mean, yeah, that group was so much fun, right? but, uh, but man, a lot's happened, you know, not, not in baseball. I mean, tell us about, I know we, we know you got a beautiful family. Tell us a little bit about them, you know, about yeah. the kids and stuff. You know, uh, Gunner uh, Gunner went on and played at Mississippi State, and yeah. uh, he got done with that. And then he signed with the Washington Nationals and played ball. And he did that for about two years. And he just said, Dad, I, I just don't really like it. You know, mm-hmm. I'm not going to do this anymore. And he was he, he called me one night and he goes, hey, Dad, would you be mad if I quit baseball? And I was like, uh-uh. well, why would I be mad, son? I mean, like, you're, 20, you're 23 years old. Like, yeah. you, you're doing your own life now. You know what I mean? Like. I mean, I'm going to be your dad, whether you're a baseball player or you're a construction worker. I don't really care what you do, bud. I mean, this is your life. And uh, he goes, man, I'm just putting in a lot of time and effort in this deal. And I'm down here working from 7 o'clock in the morning until 6 o'clock at night. I'm getting one at bat here and one at bat there. And he goes, I don't really just – I'm not going to do this anymore. And I said, well, load your truck up and come on home. I mean, I don't I don't care. Yeah. So he has since then uh, – he's been living in Kansas City. And uh, he is in his final interview for The Bachelorette. He is. Uh, oh wow! Uh, ah, good stuff. So he's uh, he's got a chance to do that, and uh, he's one of the could be one of the twenty five guys. And I think he's like I said, I think he's in the I think he's into his third or fourth interview now. And so we're gonna see what that how that transpires. So we might see him on the Bachelorette. So he's doing very well. And then Huck and Hank, my five year old, and my two year old are they're into PGYA baseball, obviously. Yeah. And, uh, we're working out every Saturday with those kids, and. Uh, they're kind of into baseball and they're a little into golf and they're into, you know, playing and stuff like that. And then, uh, uh, we do baseball on the side. So we just, we're just kind of letting them kids go to school and go to Williams Memorial and they enjoy that. So, uh, they're going up, growing up fast. And it's all started over for you. sounds like it has. I'm gonna be, uh, I told my wife the other day, I said, I'm going to be in a wheelchair, but I'm going to be wheeling over there third base <laughs> to watch my kids play. Yeah. Well, I, sure. I, I bet. I understand that. So, um, so kind of going through, uh, you know, Gunner's you know, journey as far as what, what he was doing, what was tougher, uh, in your opinion, uh, was it tougher for you to go through some of those th- same things or was it tougher to, to to watch your son go through and I guess not be able to, to have anything, you know, to, to, to be able to do this or that with it? Does that make sense? I would say, I would say it was tougher for me to watch my son do it because yeah. me, I could fix it. Yeah. For him, I couldn't fix it. Yeah, you know I mean, like I'd see him do something on the field or I'd see him be a little lackadaisical or I'd see him not be aggressive or I'd see a coach treat him some way, shape or form. And, yeah. you know, how I would handle it would be totally different than how he would handle it. And I'm sitting there telling him how to handle it. And all I'm doing is making him not want me to talk about it because yeah. and and I had I, I have a different motor than he has. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, he's a little bit more passive. He's not as aggressive. I mean things like that so when you see that and you know that he has to be aggressive or he has to be more vocal towards a coach or he has to tell you know maybe he has to tell a coach off I mean I mean I, I, I'm not I'm not opposed to that my point is you got to tell that guy how you feel right so so you got a good relationship and he got a good relationship with you so I think that's the reason why I think I made it a little bit further I think he had more talent <clears throat> I think he had more speed I think he had a better arm I think he had better height I mean he could he could hit it 10 miles he had a better frame he has all that, 
what he didn't have was the aggressive, cocky, I've got this attitude. Yeah. And I definitely could see how it would be harder, you know, as a, as a dad, you know, yeah. you, you have all the thoughts and ideas and I've been through this, but I can't physically do it, you know, for you as far as, far as just, right. just, just having to watch and, and, and be there, I guess, as much as you can for him. Oh, man. He, I mean, you know, the thing about it is, is just knowing how good he is. Yeah or how good he could be or how far he could make it. Yeah. And you're just trying to push, 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 and you just can't get it over the hump. Yeah. See, I always wanted to, and this is not really the same because we're talking way different level. Right. But, I mean, I, on my best day, I think I'm 5'10 and a quarter. Right. Uh, and I always, I mean, I wanted to do nothing but play football and be, you know. Oh, yeah. You know, just That's all I wanted to do as a kid. Right. Uh, and just was never big enough, strong enough, to really do much as far as even here at Hooks you know, with the people I was in school with at the time. Uh, and then my son comes along and is 6'4", you know, and and, and in high school, it's 6'4", 3'10", 320. And as nice as could be mm-hmm. and to the point to a fault when it came to football. That's right. Uh, and I just remember thinking, oh, what I would have done with a 6'4". Oh. Oh yeah. I mean, I, oh, I, I might have been the biggest jerk in the world, but but I think I would have definitely had fun playing football. And he did. He was just uh, he was just always a little too nice. So that's right. That's right. <laughs> it always happens that way. Yeah. So so Shane, we know you still um, you still dabble in baseball a little bit, and and, <laughs> and I know y'all started uh, Southern Athletics, um, mm-hmm. you know, ten twelve years ago, whatever it was, and mm-hmm. then that's that's evolved into the sticks. So mm-hmm. tell tell us about all that stuff. Well, what we have going on is basically uh, sticks baseball at Southern Athletics. So Southern Athletics is still the building that we use, and it's still the name of our academy. Uh, sticks baseball has just transcended just because what we did is I did a youth program, um, 14 and down, and then Chase Brewster and I went and kind of merged together. And so it's me, my brother, and Mitch Campbell and Chase Brewster. Chase does all the high school stuff and me and my brother and Mitch do all the lower kids. So 14 and down. So we've got 12 teams. Uh, Last year we had 14 teams. We kind of, what we've kind of done is kind of got our, our um, baseball going to where it's really, we're trying to do kind of high end baseball. Um, And so we're, we're trying to make our teams triple A or major teams. Now we take on some double A teams and things like that and beginner teams when they're younger. But what we're trying to do is get a product on the field that when they get on the field, they're out there to win. And um, so what we do is we do um, start them at six years old. We start working out with them at six. And then when they become seven years old, they they can do the tryouts, which is the first Saturday in August of every year. Um, and anybody can try out um, and they can go to any camps that we have. Like we have a February fielding camp and every Saturday in February, there's a fielding camp going on um, at Waka Resolution, which is a building we own right across the street from yeah. our our academy. <clears throat> and um, we do ages like 7, 8, and 9 go at 9 o'clock. 10, 11s, and 12s go at 10 o'clock. And uh, 13 and up go at 11 o'clock. And it's an hour-long fielding camp, and we go over everything fielding. So we offer camps for catching and pitching and all that stuff. And actually, it's been really good. Our teams are really good. Uh, we've got some very, very talented kids and. I mean, I feel like if I help one kid, I think it's worth having the academy. So uh, yeah. it's been fun. So how how do uh, how do people get in touch with you or the organization to, to get their kid involved in that? My my phone number is nine one three nine zero eight nine five two zero, 
and uh, that's the actual phone line for our for our academy. And so we'll do the uh, we'll do that, and then we're at 501 Texas Boulevard, and anybody can swing by and come in and just watch a lesson. I mean, just see what you want to see what you want to do, uh, and see if it's a if it's a thing that you'd be interested in. We do softball lessons, we do baseball lessons, we do pitching, we do fielding, we do hitting, we do basically everything that there has to be done about baseball. We do the mental approach of baseball. We do, uh, uh, we talk about failures in baseball. We deal, we, we probably deal with more of the mental side right now with our kids to learn how to actually handle, hmm. to handle those things. Uh, so it's really kind of good, um, that we're offering that for the kids. Yeah. Tons of life lessons you can learn from, from all kinds of sports, but definitely, definitely baseball. Um, I just remember that as a kid learning, you know, how to work with other people, you know, just simply, you know, how to work with other people from baseball. So that's right. Um, that's right. You know, the good thing about it is, is what we try to do is we mentally try to prepare those guys to get out on the field. And when something goes wrong for them to be able to handle it. And that's yeah. really kind of what we built, what, what we built that thing for. And it's producing. I mean, we, we've, We've signed about 297 to 300 kids to a college scholarship in the last seven yeah. years. We're doing pretty good. Wow. So, hey, I, I know uh, we won't let you go because we know you got, we got, you got a lot of stuff going on, but I just got one more thing I wanted to ask you. What, uh, what would be one, uh, one, one just piece of advice that you would offer uh, from all of your experiences, um, you know, uh, any student athletes today, whether they're just wanting to be the best, the best player they can be right now or they – they aspire to go on and, and, and uh, you know, and play after high school. I would say, first off, if I was a student athlete, I would make sure to tell that kid that not only do you have to be a good athlete, you have to be a good person and student. Nobody wants a student athlete without the student. So I would say first thing and foremost, if I'm going to college, I've got to worry about getting my grades and staying in college because yeah. Grades don't dictate what happens. The sports don't happen. So that has to happen first. And I would really try to emphasize that to kids now that people kind of blow off school, really. But school's why you get an opportunity to play sports. And that's how you get that avenue. So, uh, And then the second thing I'd probably say is there is not one thing that I would think about doing if I didn't think I wasn't doing it right. And that would probably be the main thing that I would say in life and life lessons going, just going forward is, I mean, there's no sense in doing life wrong. There's no sense in doing anything that you're doing unless you're doing it right. So just uh, push forward and do things that you know that are good for others and yourself. That's good stuff. That's awesome. Hey, Shane, man, we sure do appreciate you taking time. I know, like I said, you got stuff going on. Uh, um, definitely with a five and a two-year-old. My goodness. That's right. Busy, uh, man. Busy. There's no time off. So, there is no time off. But That's right. We really do appreciate you. Um, class of 88, definitely a Hornet legend. Um, and, brother, we would be thrilled if you all ever make your way, you know, back this way. We'd love to have you have you be here. I know you're close, but, hey, love to have you back I here. close. And, uh, hey, you guys uh, you guys get out to that Hornet alumni game uh, on the 4th and let's see, let's see them bring all them Hornets out. Yeah, we, we are. We're, we're, we're trying to figure out, should we bring like Ben Gay or should we bring Asper? Yeah. Well, I don't know. We don't know. I, don't, I, don't, I, I may walk up there and take a bat, but I don't know if I'm going to run first. <laughs> yeah. So I was, Tony asked me to play and, and I'm, and I'm putting play in quotations, right? So I'm, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm going to be a part of the team. I don't know how much playing I'm going to do. I'm going to have actually, a, I, I, I tell you, I'm going to have a good time. 
hey, you're, you're probably going to have to play all nine positions in this game again. <laughs> yes. So, yes. Hey, it, yes. Wouldn't be, it wouldn't be the first time. Right, right. That's so. right. Well, all good right. visit with you guys, man. Yes, sir. Good talking to you. Y'all Shane. have a good day. Good See you, man. Bye-bye.